Scanning through a list of court filings last Friday evening, January 6th, one case jumped out immediately. Seattle School District Number 1, Plaintiff versus Meta, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, TikTok, ByteDance, Alphabet, Google, YouTube, and others. As a tech reporter based in Seattle, that certainly got my attention, and I wasn't the only one. After GeekWire broke the story last Saturday morning, it made news across the country. Lawsuit. The Seattle school system is taking on big tech, suing TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube for deepening the mental health crisis among kids. The 91-page complaint accuses the tech giants of targeting children with harmful content, forcing schools to hire mental health professionals, develop lesson plans specifically about the effects of social media, and provide additional training to teachers. This is a really novel case. It's really saying that the district is being harmed in turn based on that student harm. So this is a different approach than some of the lawsuits that we've seen in the past. Seattle Public Schools is suing the social media giants for damages stemming from what the suit describes as a youth mental health crisis in Seattle and across the nation. That crisis, the suit alleges, has been caused by the deliberate actions of the companies in deploying algorithms designed to, quote, maximize engagement by preying on the psychology of children. Critics say the suit oversimplifies the causes of mental health challenges by pinning the blame on social media companies and not recognizing the responsibilities of parents and schools, plus other societal factors. The suit, modeled after e-cigarette litigation, will also need to overcome some significant legal hurdles. However, in making national news, the lawsuit has already succeeded in drawing more attention to the issue of youth mental health, as well as the roles and responsibilities of the companies behind some of today's most popular apps. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. On this episode of the GeekWire podcast, we're replaying highlights from my separate conversations about the lawsuit on two radio programs this week. Soundside on KUOW Public Radio in Seattle with host Libby Dankman and The Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC Public Radio in New York. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. On Friday, Seattle Public Schools announced a sweeping lawsuit against several social media giants. The district is claiming that YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat have caused financial and operational harm because of their addictive nature. SPS says that addiction has contributed to a mental health crisis in children. This comes after a Facebook whistleblower testified before Congress in 2021 that social media giants purposefully skewed content so children and teens engage with their sites for longer. Here to break down the lawsuit is Todd Bishop, business and technology journalist and co-founder of GeekWire. Hi, Todd. Hi, Libby. So what is the harm that Seattle Public Schools is alleging here? Seattle Public Schools is saying that the mental health crisis that they allege is directly caused by the social media giants has caused a wide variety of resources, counseling, mental health services to be required to be presented and, and provided by the school district. And they're saying that beyond that, they also feel that they need to implement new services, a much larger set of counseling and programs to address the mental health crisis. So it's largely financial and procedural and, and operational. I mean, you think about the TikTok challenges that happen and the way that school districts have to respond to the potential threats of students following with, with those trends. It's both financial and really uh, 
sense of diverting attention and resources. Mm-hmm. And, and you have this 90-page complaint that you've posted on GeekWire along with your story. What kind of evidence did the district supply in that document to back up these allegations that problems that their youth are experiencing are linked to sites like YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok? That's really interesting because the district is going to have to make some real legal leaps here to get over some of the hurdles. And there are some parallels here to the case against Juul Labs and e-cigarettes. But where the differences are is the direct link between what the social media sites do and the tactics that they employ and then the harm caused to the district. So when you talk about examples and you ask about different things that the district might have listed, they're actually focusing in this complaint primarily on what the social media sites do and the things that we know about TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and how they use algorithms and different psychological techniques to increase engagement. And then the first leap is that that is then creating a youth mental health crisis. And then the second leap will be showing to a jury potentially that that mental health crisis is having a direct and measurable impact on Seattle public schools. So in terms of concrete examples about what's happening inside the district, the complaint doesn't have a ton. It just refers generally to increases in counseling and the types of programs and services and diversion of financial resources that the district has to suffer uh, as a result of what they say is this mental health crisis caused by the social media giants. Facebook whistleblower Frances Haugen brought up the social media giant's tactics during her testimony before Congress, and the documents that she brought along with her spoke to the ways that Facebook and Instagram have targeted young people. And she specifically talked about the way that the company knew that it was having effects on young people's mental health. Haugen leaked one Facebook study that found 13.5% of UK teen girls in a survey said that their suicidal thoughts had become more frequent after using Instagram. So this is really a case where Haugen says the company knew what it was doing and it was having this effect and yet it didn't change its tactics. How do you think her testimony will play into this lawsuit potentially? Yes, I think that was a key moment. And in fact, it's cited in the lawsuit, which has extensive citations. And that's really where this suit seems to be at its strongest is in pulling up all of that research, all of the data, different reports that have come out about not only the tactics, but also the knowledge, as you're saying, that these social media sites and apps had about the impact of these tactics on their user base. And if you look at Francis Haugen and how that played out, I really think even more now we can look at that as a watershed moment that paved the way for actions like this. And if Seattle Public Schools has its way, paved the way for really something that would eventually address, reverse, uh, and potentially stop the impact of these kinds of tactics. And, And that is one key thing that might not have come out as uh, clearly in some of the initial coverage, they are asking, Seattle Public Schools, they're asking for 
essentially an injunction and uh, the whole idea that the court would stop Facebook, Snapchat, all these sites from employing these types of techniques that Francis Haugen outlined. And this brings us again to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. You know, social media companies have long argued that they are a platform, not a publisher, and they can't be held responsible for content that people post. So far, they've been largely successful at avoiding liability. Do you have a sense of whether this case could change that precedent? I don't know if it could change that precedent, but... The district is very clear in addressing the Section 230 issues in its lawsuit. And the law firm Keller Rohrbach, which is the one that filed this lawsuit and also represented the district, by the way, in the Juul litigation, the e-cigarette litigation, they have a section in the suit preemptively <laughs> arguing against potential Section 230 arguments by the different social media apps. And their main point is that this case, in their view, is not about third-party content hosted by these platforms, which is the legal shield that most social media apps use. They're saying, hey, we're distancing ourselves from things published on these apps. We're just basically a, a platform for them, and we're not liable for this content. But in this case, the district is saying these are purposeful, deliberate actions by these companies to tune their algorithms in such a way that it's ultimately harmful for Seattle public school students and for students across the nation. Is there any precedent for a school district like Seattle Public Schools to tackle something like this? I mean, you mentioned the Jewel lawsuit. Could that provide a model? Yes, it could provide a model in some ways. And it's notable that the specific statute that is cited in the latest lawsuit is the same one that was cited in the Jewel litigation by the Seattle Public School District, the public nuisance laws of Washington state. And they're essentially asking the courts to allow the district through this litigation to address that public nuisance, which they say is the social media sites and their impact on student mental health. Um, so there is some precedent in that way. But in terms of the specific precedent of this lawsuit, Seattle Public Schools appears to be the first district in the country to file a suit of this sort against social media sites. Now, it's important to point out there are parents, thousands of them, who have filed suit against the many of these same apps. But in those cases, they have very specific examples, in many cases, tragic examples involving their own children and a direct series of events that they can point to that led to the outcomes with their own children. And in the case of Seattle Public Schools, it's a little more vague, a little more general. And that is going to be one challenge that the school district faces is in providing those kinds of specifics that will allow potentially a jury eventually to award on the school district's behalf. So what is Seattle Public Schools seeking in this lawsuit against YouTube and social media companies? If it's compensation, Todd, have they said how they would use that money? Yes, it, it's largely compensation. And it's first to address the losses that they say they've already suffered. But then in addition to that, the lawsuit calls out the need for new programs and says that they would essentially use this 
to do what they call a, quote, comprehensive long-term plan and funding to drive a sustained reduction in the record rates of anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and what they call other tragic indices of the mental health crisis. So they really want to implement a rigorous program to try and address what they say is the harms caused by these companies. Todd Bishop with GeekWire, thanks again for joining us and sharing your reporting. Thank you, Libby. You can listen to Soundside with Libby Dankman at noon Pacific time, Mondays through Thursdays on KUOW Public Radio in Seattle, or subscribe in any podcast app. We'll be right back with more on the Seattle Public Schools lawsuit. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Here are highlights from my conversation with Brian Lehrer on WNYC Public Radio in New York about the Seattle Public Schools lawsuit. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning again, everyone. We're now going to talk about something that a lot of you parents might wish would happen all over the country. One school district is suing a number of social media companies for their effects on children's mental health. Why are they doing this? Well, for example, in last year's State of the Union address, President Biden took some time to discuss the state of children's mental health. And while he mentioned a few culprits, the pandemic, obviously, bullying, violence, he also pointed to social media. Listen. Let's take on mental health, especially among our children whose lives and education have been turned upside down. Children were also struggling before the pandemic, bullying, violence, trauma, and the harms of social media. We must hold social media platforms accountable for the national experiment they're conducting on our children for profit. Well, now one school district, Seattle Public Schools, is taking on the president's quest to hold them accountable for the mental health crisis among America's youth and take it very seriously to court. So the district cited a part of that clip we played in their lawsuit against the major companies behind our most popular social media platforms. And with us now to discuss Seattle Public Schools' case against social media is business and tech journalist and co-founder of GeekWire, Todd Bishop. Todd, thanks for doing this with us. Welcome to WNYC. Thank you, Brian. You want to just list the companies first that are being sued by Seattle Public Schools? Yes, it's a who's who of social media titans. TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Snap, the parent company of Snapchat, and Instagram, and Meta, and all of their parent companies. This is really a smorgasbord of uh, big, big tech companies that are targeted by this suit. What does the lawsuit claim, and what does the lawsuit seek? The lawsuit claims that these companies are a public nuisance under Washington state law. That's interesting in part because it has parallels to the legal strategy that was used by Seattle Public Schools and other public institutions against Juul, the e-cigarette maker, in a successful litigation. And it seeks to 
compensate Seattle Public Schools for the resources that it's diverted and devoted to this entire quest to improve and address mental health issues, as the suit calls it, the youth mental health crisis. But more than that, it's not just retroactive, it's uh, looking forward and saying that Seattle Public Schools to truly address this would need considerably more money, the maximum penalties under law, as the suit puts it, to institute new programs to further address the mental health crisis that the district claims these companies have created. Ah, so it's you, TikTok, you, Snapchat, you, Instagram, (laughs) are causing us to have to spend more money on mental health counselors in our public school district, and we're going to prove your contribution to that in court. That's right. And much of this 92-page lawsuit is focused on proving the harms. And it uses, for example, the whistleblower testimony by Francis Haugen that Instagram and Facebook were aware of the harmful effects and pressed ahead anyway because it was in their business interests. And so that really is the main focus of of the initial complaint is laying the factual groundwork. It's pretty rigorous in its citations and its research to prove or to show, attempt to prove that these companies have had that causal uh, impact on mental health. Well, let's get a little anecdotal evidence on the table here. So listeners, um, young people yourselves, check your screen time and tell us how much time you spend on different platforms and what do you typically do online and do you actually enjoy using social media? Are there other things you wish you were doing instead? That would be an indication of addiction if there are other things you wish you were doing instead but you keep going back and back and back. Uh, Parents as well, parents, teachers, mental health counselors in public school districts yourselves, maybe you're listening on a prep period or something right now. Um, Do you think, what evidence would you cite that social media companies are contributing to the need for mental health services for children and teens today? 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Mark Zuckerberg, you want to call in and push back, or anyone else at that level, 212-433-9692. Xi Jinping, you want to call in and support TikTok, 212-433-9692. But seriously, let's get some anecdotal evidence on the table. I'm sure there are heads nodding out there right now saying, yeah, these platforms are contributing to a mental health crisis and they should at least be held financially liable for the extra services that school districts have to pay for. And maybe there should be other limitations too. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692, or tweet at Brian Lehrer. Let's take a phone call. Here's Jessica in Brooklyn, who says she's a therapist. Jessica, you're on WNYC. Thank you so much for calling in today. Hi, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm a therapist and I see a lot of um, kids and their parents coming in uh, talking about, you know, well, I saw on TikTok, um, you know, there's mental health TikTok and everything. Um, I see these behaviors in my child, there's something wrong with them, or a kid really feeling like there's something terribly wrong with them and coming up with like self-diagnoses. Um, 
and just kind of you know wanting to talk people down from the ledge from some, you know from time to time that some of these things are normal and you know TikTok providing this platform for therapists for mental health professionals and non-professionals to just kind of you know say like yes whatever it is that you're experiencing is a huge problem and you need to get it fixed right away so am i understanding you correctly that 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 you're saying that we're defining mental illness these days or mental health issues too broadly in teenagers and some feelings that they're coming with to therapy uh, should just be seen as as normal rather than rather than indications of of mental health problems yes, um, not just teenagers um, but also you know, young kids, you know, I, I see uh-huh. a lot of parents coming in saying, you know, my six-year-old is having a temper tantrum, and that is totally normal. Um, that's not an indication that they have, you know, let's say autism or something. So, yeah. Right, or oppositional disorder, which I think is a thing. Um, but where does right. social media come in for you, if at all? Uh, in, in that uh, a lot of you know, there's that whole subsection of mental health TikTok, you know, of users talking about their own uh, realization that they are autistic, um, getting diagnosed later in life, um, and then sort of spreading that idea around to other people. Like, if you like to organize things by color, you are probably autistic, and that is not accurate. That That's not sufficient. Interesting. So TikTok so I, is reinforcing <laughs> this idea that people may have mental health issues that they don't actually have or that aren't actually serious. And and the, the, the main issue being that people then come in looking for medication for these diagnoses. Hmm. And when it isn't provided to them, you know, that they're or it is provided it, it creates this sense of like, I'm not able to handle this on my own. I don't know how to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something terribly wrong with me. And, and do, you, do you think from your experience in your practice that this is different today because TikTok or maybe also other platforms exist than in the past? Because kids would always talk among themselves, rumors would get started, uh, they judge each other, sometimes they're really mean, oh, you sort by colors, you must, must be autistic, to use your example, uh, whatever it is. Ha- has it changed the playing field fundamentally? I think it has in that um, I hear kids diagnosing each other um, you know, asking each other, like, have you been diagnosed with social anxiety disorder yet? Mm. Um, And, you know, kind of looking at each other and being like, well, obviously you have autism or obviously you have ADHD um, because you can't sit still, you know, for more than 20 minutes. Um, So I do think that the internet has sort of reinforced that and you know, all like the social media stuff has definitely reinforced it as being like, oh, I saw this thing and I think you might have this, you you know, you might have it as well. Or I was diagnosed with it. So clearly you have it too. Um, But what you, the point you just made, I think is absolutely true. Jessica, thank you so much. Talk amongst themselves. 
And let's go next to Jason in Nassau County. Jason, you're on WNYC, a school teacher I see. Hi, Jason. Hi, good to meet you, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, I just wanted to point to um, Jonathan Haidt's uh, research and his book, The Coddling of the American Mind, and what he suggests is uh, detrimental to teenagers um, with the use of the phone and social media, but then also to uh, you know a- anecdotal evidence that I see um, you know, around the schools, um, specifically during lunch periods where students uh, will be at a table of, you know, eight or nine students and they'll all have their cell phones out uh, with one hand, you know, watching what's going on on the cell phone and then the other hand uh, using a fork or whatever and eating at the same time. And uh, I would make a comparison to much like the, the cigarettes that, uh, you know, teenagers used to smoke or adults used to smoke after a meal that same type of comparison or that same inter, uh, same chemical release in the brain that the cell phone or social media releases um, while you're using the phone and eating. So you're a teacher, not a lawyer, but how much no. do you think this should legally be on the social media companies as the Seattle Public Schools lawsuit that we're talking about would put it? Some schools uh, don't allow kids to bring cell phones in the building or check them at the door and get them on your way out at three o'clock. Some would say parents have to monitor this. Don't let your kids get addicted to their phones or to particular social media sites. What would you say as a teacher to that argument? Uh, Well, well, I would say that the one thing that strikes me is um, as, you know, maybe a legal responsibility on behalf of the, uh, the social media companies is the idea that, like you said, any student can create a profile for themselves or any minor um, can create a profile of themselves without the parent's consent or without even scanning a driver's license or some form of ID that proves their age. And I, I think that opens the door for anybody to use the platform. Jason, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. As we have a few more minutes with Todd Bishop, co-founder of GeekWire, talking about the Seattle Public Schools lawsuit against major social media platforms uh, for their role in contributing to the childhood and teen mental health crisis that we have in this country and literally asking for damages so they can hire more counselors and things like that. Todd, any reaction, anything you were thinking to those first couple of callers? Absolutely. I think the the last point on the comparison to cigarettes is very apt, not only from a societal perspective, but also from a legal perspective, as you alluded to, Brian. And I am also not a lawyer, but in looking at this lawsuit, it's interesting to compare it to the litigation against Juul, the e-cigarette company. And this was clearly a result of the law firm for Seattle Public Schools being emboldened by the success of that Juul litigation. They took part in it, although They have not yet decided, Seattle Public Schools, whether they will take part in the settlement. But there are still some major differences. If you look at e-cigarette advertising, it's it's advertising. It's there. You can see it. And you're talking about complex algorithms behind the scenes with these social media companies. And I think that's going to be a more difficult case for the Seattle Public Schools to make. And also, as uh, your callers and you were alluding to, you got some complex inputs here. It's not just a simple matter yeah. of a kid smoking an e-cigarette or you know, vaping. There's parental responsibility. There's societal issues. There's a lot going into this complex stew, and it's not going to be as easy to prove the impact of these social media sites as it might have been with Jewel. And then just tell us what the timeline seems to be for this lawsuit. And I'm I'm kind of surprised that 
it's just Seattle that a thousand other school districts haven't piled on and made this a class action suit. I think that's still a possibility. We did see overnight uh, another local school district here in the Seattle region, Kent, Washington, uh, filed a cookie cutter suit. I think it is possible that other school districts in the future will join, but those legal hurdles will likely make it less of a, a groundswell than the e-cigarette lit litigation was. And to me, the most interesting line in the lawsuit is toward the bottom where they not only ask for damages, but they ask for the court to enjoin the defendants from engaging in these actions. So there is the potential here, not just for remediation uh, and remuneration, but also for some kind of reform of what these companies are doing in, in terms of the, the psychological tools that they use to increase engagement, allegedly to the detriment of these students' mental health. So I think there's a lot at stake here. And at the very least, it's bringing these issues even more into the national conversation. Todd Bishop, co-founder of GeekWire. Thanks so much for joining us today. This was great. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Listen to The Brian Lehrer Show weekdays on WNYC Public Radio in New York or subscribe in any podcast app. You can also see the show notes on this episode of the GeekWire podcast for links and more information about this story. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold.